Welcome to episode 60 of Casting the Net. Today's episode is a continuation from last week where they started the discussion on the Eucharist. So today they go into some detail about how humility is a disposition of the heart. They talk about not coming to mass as an attaboy or an attagirl. They go into the definition of humility and they talk a little bit more about grace. So we hope you enjoyed this one, episode 60, Casting the Net. Hi, I'm Father Dave Nuss, together with Father of Four, Rick Lingva. Welcome to Casting the Net. We are in search for catching the faith. Friends, we're back. Father Dave and Rick casting the net. And last time, Rick, we had... It wasn't really a cliffhanger or a, a season-ending dramatic uh, it was. mystery. I think people are going to ask for their money back. <laughs> right. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't much of a. You tried to set it up, you know. Yeah, I knew. I knew <laughs> I was up. Ag- I knew I was up against it, and just you know. <laughs> and then boom, you dropped humility. That's it. <laughs> humility, right? And then the time was over. Yep. Had, yeah, see had you next say, time. Had to say. So so we're back. We're 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 back to uh, to develop this aspect of humility uh, just a, a humility not so much as a as an external um as an external display rather humility as a disposition of the heart that god is god that we are a creature that we need god and yeah. we offer ourselves to god as we are right we're not at we don't we don't come to mass to get an attaboy or an girl for a week lived well mm. from God. Yeah. And, and the, where that reward especially is the Eucharist, we don't do it. That mm. isn't who we are as Catholics. Right. That's a terrible misunderstanding and, and um, superficiality of the profound encounter that sacrament is and mass is and that God wishes to allow us to experience. How about... Um, how about developing more of what you were thinking a week ago, if you remember it? Well, that's all I had to say about it. So we'll, we'll see you next week. <laughs> no, right. No. Uh, well, it's, it's funny. I just realized we, we sort of come, we've come full circle. I mean, we, we've, we've arrived at our jumping off point. Um, mm. You know, when, when we, when I mentioned my experience of pride month. Oh yeah. You know, contrasting, you know, what we're talking about now, the, the Christian virtue of humility with, um, a pride which puts identity, even sexual identity, sure. on a on a pedestal and demands that it be sure. it be lionized. Yeah, right. You know, as though it's the center of the universe. I mean, humility, at least what we have in mind here, talking about how to um, how to enter into Eucharist is something very different. It's 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 a realization of a recognition of uh, an admission of our own brokenness, our own weakness our own limitations and bringing those before God, knowing that if, if we don't, then we're not really offering ourselves. I mean, we, we spoke last time about uh, being co-offerers at Eucharist. We're not doing that if we're not honest about um, who we are, warts and all. I was trying to recall a quote from C.S. Lewis, mm. and I hope I get this right, that humility is not thinking less of yourself but thinking of yourself less. Mm. 
not thinking less of yourself. That's a false humility. Yeah. But thinking of yourself less. So let's let's make this application with mass mm-hmm. where we're where we're speaking now. That I'm 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 cognizant or at least expressing my desire to be less about me pounding on God's door mm-hmm. and more about me um falling in worship yeah. to God. Yeah. Less needing to be seen or heard and more just simply needing to praise and glorify God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, growth, <clears throat> spiritual growth has everything as much to do with acknowledging our own, our own weakness and our own brokenness as it, as it does um, acknowledging God's grace. In fact, the two are, are linked. Sure. You know, I don't, I don't need grace if I'm not sure weak and, and broken, sure. you know, but just thinking about, um, <clears throat> You know specific issues at mass that do arise in in myself and and in others, like of of course beyond just not really knowing what's going on, not really grasping the significance of what's going on, which we've addressed, talking about you know mass's sacrifice and being co-offers and all that, but just the 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 the, the wandering mind, mm. you know, just mm. human the the weakness, the limitation of the human attention span. Um, you know. This this has everything to do with humility as well. Do you know yeah. Lewis also? <laughs> I mentioned him earlier, but in in um, let me think which work. Oh, it's Screw Tape Letters, and it's the first or the second letter. So this is a this is a wonderful read, friends. Oh, if you is. haven't done it, absolutely. It's from the devil's point of view, and a senior dem- devil has a has an apprentice that he's trying to bring along to bring about the damnation of a soul, which the, he calls a patient, and. <laughs> The the junior devil has lost the soul, and the senior devil is, you know, excoriating him for having lost that soul to baptism. And he said, "But don't worry about it, because on his way to church, we'll have him stop at the bus stop, as I remember. Look at the daily paper, <laughs> right? And before we know it, it's the wandering mind. Yeah, that's it. right. That's it. We won't put some insidious mortal sin." into his mind, what we'll do is we'll distract him mm-hmm. with some pleasantries, you know, yeah. something of interest to him, the score of the game or the latest political happening or whatever it might be that redirects the attention that he had in store for worship and going to church. And as I remember the letter before he knows it, he yeah. he, he won't show up and we'll have him back in our grasp. So the devil says. Yeah. But I mean yeah, and that's it. And and even beyond just the active, you know, machinations of, of the devil, I mean, just being a limited creature, like our our, our cognitive activity is is not we're not angels, you know. Yeah, we we right. are we're very limited. Like I I've read somewhere I don't know. If this is, I, I know it's, I don't recall the exact figure, but something like fifty percent of our me- mental activity is just the mind wandering. Hmm. It's natural because when when our mind isn't engaged with stimuli, hmm. or if it's engaged with something that it judges to be, you know, not really worth the effort to to to, to wrestle with, our mind wanders. It's just yeah. the default setting. Yeah. Right. So uh, again, we we've laid out for you what, what's what's going on at mass, why it's important, why you should care, like what what what. How, what your what your role in all this is, um, but even when the mind wanders after that, uh, rather than like completely trying to eradicate, you know, your mind, your your the wandering mind syndrome, which is unrealistic, 
or you know trying to squelch it, you turn that and you offer that at the altar. Like you analyze what's going on in the light of grace. Like, okay, yeah. something's distracting me now. What is it? It's it's probably it might be something I'm worried about, something I'm depressed about, something I'm joyful about. Sure. Offer that at Eucharist. Sure. Something I see at Mass, something yeah. I hear at Mass. Like there's something deeper or not not always, but a lot of times there's something deeper going on. And so you you open yourself up to God in that respect too. And and that's that's the crack of a window that that grace then, you know, works through and illuminates your heart and you make progress that way. You know, by by being honest about who and what you are and offering that to to God and there's no more powerful place to do that than at that than than at mass. That's it. That's it. So there's two 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 uh takeaways here that I think are equally outstanding. The first being when we're when we're properly disposed or more properly disposed for mass, we're less likely for wild wandering of the mind. Less mm. likely. Doesn't mean it won't happen. Yeah. We're less likely. We're better prepared. We're more attuned to where we are and why we are and with whom we are. Mm-hmm. Second, when it's happening during Mass, and it does happen, there are temptations that take place oh, sure. during the Mass itself, and also for the priest on my side of the altar. Oh, I'm sure. I see many things, including wonderful acts of mercy that the Lord gives to me so that I not for a moment think that it's about me. Hmm. The, the homily that I think was just a mic drop and those who are resting comfortably. Right. Did you not just hear my brilliance? <laughs> People would have paid for that. Perhaps there's some uh, disruption in some other quarter of the church because the Lord is right. using that child to say, you know, have you, you've had your time. Have you ever been tempted to just repeat the line that you thought was drowned out by the, the screaming child or, you know, the, the snoring elderly person because you thought it was that good you just you know oh i'm sure i'm so weak and feeble and sinful i'm sure I've, i would I've thought no, it it's, so it's not just you right but but that's a great illustration because who's the who's at the center of that thought mm-hmm. right but the yeah. priest in this particular case me so there there are many masses real it's not a surgery ward it's not yeah. free of contagion we are all sinners the, the pope francis likes to refer to sort of the theater of liturgy, meaning the environment of the church is a field hospital, uh, which he's actually citing the church fathers. Mm-hmm. It's not unique to him. Yeah. And I really like that. We come in as we are, limping, wounded, bruised, battered, bleeding, uh, tired, weary. Gosh, those are just some of the ways that sometimes I come to Mass. Mm, me too. And, I'm, and I'm at my best when I present myself as I am, right, to the divine physician. Yeah needing healing for a very specific malady that's afflicting me in the moment. You know, a wandering that really is causing me havoc. Yeah. Effort and progress begin when we acknowledge things as they are, you know, things the way they are, the reality of things. Yes. And in that respect, you know, Eucharist mass um, becomes something like a microcosm or, or a, or a, a miniature, um, picture of the Christian life. Yes, you know, I mean, grace, grace does not eliminate difficult. I mean, sometimes it does. You know, God does occasionally, providentially, through His love, eliminate difficulties in our lives. But by and large, difficulties are just the price tag for being weak creatures 
living in a in a sinful, limited world. Let me let me frame so, it like this in the spirit of what we're saying. Yeah. The mass I bring myself, you bring your family to the Lord in the mass versus what do I get out of it that mm. I take with me? Yeah. Now there's something valuable in allowing God's word to echo right into the week. Or it might be a particular prayer. It might be a word in a prayer, a phrase in a prayer. The Holy Spirit might absolutely seize our imagination in a moment of the Mass. So I'm not suggesting for a moment that the Mass, that God doesn't choose to overflow the Mass with His grace Mm. to propel us into the week, right? I'm not suggesting that for a moment. But less consumer, what do I get and take into the week, and more disciple, here I am, Lord, do with me as you will. Yeah, yeah. And then so grace doesn't um, doesn't eliminate the difficulties, but what it does do is it allows us to, to turn them to our profit, mm. you know? And, and so that happens, um, that that happens at Eucharist too, you know, when, when the mind is wandering, um, that's when we offer ourselves, we double down on, on discipleship, as you say, Yeah. Um, and make myself smaller and let him increase in me. Yeah. Yeah. It was a mass. It was a wedding mass that was just coming to my mind at this time. It was a real early wedding mass uh, that I had the privilege to officiate and celebrate. And the young children, so a bridegroom and a bridesmaid, not or a ring bearer, excuse me, Mm. ring bearer and flower girl, excuse Mm. me. I don't know how young they were, maybe three years of age. Of course, that's always funny because guess what? (laughs) A three-year-old is supposed to act like a three-year-old, and I don't know why adults (laughs) think that they're going to morph into this mature young adult. It's totally unfair to the children. Yeah. Close parenthesis. And after this long aisle entrance and the the beautiful music that was loud and the uh, festive beginning to the to the wedding mass and everybody takes their seats and this little boy and little girl took their seat on the top step of the sanctuary there were several steps so they were they were perched relatively they just sat there mm. <laughs> they just sat there in all innocence looking out right and at first there's this very apparent uh mother trying to get the attention yeah. to get them back to their seats like they're doing something <laughs> You know, terribly wrong. Uh, when there was no, um, there, there there was no child uh, inappropriate behavior going on. They were just being innocent just, and yeah, simple and beautiful. And they sat there through the first reading, through the sec- through mm. the responsorial psalm, second reading, gospel. They stood when everybody stood. Then they sat again, and nobody nobody came up to get them. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that moment, I was just moved by the Holy Spirit. We don't know how this is going to go, but I worked my way over there and sat down next to them on the top step <laughs> and changed, you know, did an audible with everything that yeah. I was thinking of saying. Yeah. But point being that while that was a mind-wandering moment, you were talking about the profit that grace brings to transform those moments mm-hmm. into something spectacular, the innocence, the simplicity, the wonder, and the awe, and how those children in that moment were used still to this day to me as a witness of right disposition mm-hmm. of just being open to the surprises of God. Yeah. And you're, you're probably not the only one. I mean, it's, that's a, that's a great illustration. Yeah. 
So we've been talking about right disposition. And friends, maybe last uh, encouragement, and that is ask God for that, right, Rick? Yeah. I mean, ask him for that. As I'm approaching Sunday Mass each week, part of that is asking the Lord to speak to me as I need to hear his voice, as I need to hear it now, at this moment in my life, in this season of my life, in these circumstances in my life, to be able to see his glory and his splendor in the very presence of his body, blood, soul, and divinity, to to hear uh, the beauty and the choirs of angels through the um, joyful and substantial lifting of our voices to, to heaven in him, that it be the event of encountering God. So if I'm not asking for that to happen in anticipation of it, Mm. why would I think that the moment I walk through the door, I'm going to be properly disposed? Right, right. And and don't be discouraged if the results don't come immediately or or aren't immediately evident. There are results happening. Yeah. Um, You know, it just, you have to, you have to trust and and have faith that, um, you know, it's like the spring thaw, you know, you, Mm. you don't, you don't see flowers coming back to life um, until much later in spring, but, but it's happening. I mean, yes. the, the growth is happening. Yeah, sometimes you, you're even wondering if yeah. they're there. That's right. I mean, it's, it's invisible, but it's happening, and you just have to, you have to be patient. God desires that. He desires that of us. He desires that of all of you to reveal himself in profoundly personal ways, transformational ways, ways that elevate, ways that instill and infuse hope and confidence and gratitude and thankfulness. He's Rick. I'm Father Dave. And we once again wish to express our deepest appreciation for you joining us for another conversation, Casting the Net. Friends, he's Rick. And I'm Father Dave, a dad and a priest, together trying to become better fathers by catching Christian faith. Thanks for joining us for our conversation, and we hope that you'll connect with us next week for Casting the Net.